and welcome back to Bar Down Breakdown. I'm your host at Yesman Outfitter, straight off the island that emo built. Your boy, live from the hive at Mikey CLT. Mikey, how are you, kid? Good, man. Happy uh, 4th of July. Took a little break here. We kind of been sitting on this episode for a little while, but it's such a good one that we just had to get it out to the people. So uh, took a little break. Uh, the off season has started. St. Louis Blues have come and won the championship, and uh, we had our draft. So a lot's happened since the last time you know we've talked. But at the end of the day, at uh, you know not much has changed on Islanderland. Uh, nothing has changed at all. Yeah. So uh, when you listen to the interview with Corey from Free Throw, uh, you're gonna hear a couple of. Uh, who do you want to win the cup <laughs> references? So sorry for being delayed on that, but I just uh, conglomerate of computer problems and scheduling situations. It kind of uh, rolled us into a bunch of more opportunities to talk about a lot more stuff. Cause kind of really at that point, there was nothing to talk about except for the cup. So I'm happy with it. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, we'll hit, I think uh, we'll talk about free agency in the uh, in the outro after the interview. But the intro, man, how 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 do you feel about the uh, the shakeout of the the end of the season there? How everything settled? Were you happy? What what's any comments, questions, concerns about the St. Louis Blues? No, it was a good series. Um, it was cool to see the city of St. Louis come out and just support their team. You know, they they packed out their arena for what was it, game six, and then also packed out Bush Stadium. So, like, that was cool to see. Even though it was, like, pouring rain and they were still out supporting their team to, to see them win the cup. And uh, their party looked outrageous. Patty Maroon looked like an absolute gem during the parade. Giving it to Barstool. Do you see that? Like, the oh. pizza review with the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that oh, was great. So great. It's pretty funny to see when like the barstool world collides with um, real life media because people don't really get it. I mean, it's I'm I'm I love barstool. I I, I consume everything they you know a lot of the stuff that they put out throughout the day kind of gets me through the day. It's a bit of a comedy act, but a lot of it is based on uh, inside jokes, and so uh, <laughs> you know like when when people go out and. And and kind of like pull the inside jokes and and not everybody understands it. It's pretty funny to me because you're like, oh, yeah. Then no one's gonna get, no one's gonna understand why there's a chinchilla sitting in the Stanley Cup. But yeah, no. It, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think Washington took them on the on the uh, the actual celebration. Oh, so absolutely. Me- you, you you know, Ovechkin's just an absolute gem. No, I, not many are going to repeat that. Crazy, man. You kind of wish that they would. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I thought I thought maybe St. Louis was going to take a run, take a shot at the party champs of the Washington Cap 2018 Washington Capitals. Yeah, I don't know if they touched them swimming in a uh, swimming in a fountain probably up there is one of the the better moments of celebration. So. If the Islanders say won the cup, who do you think would be like the one just tearing it up on like whole like week long benders? Absolutely, undoubtedly, Anthony Beauvillier. Okay, I like that. Without a without a doubt, Anthony Beauvillier. 
kid like no, he's not yeah he's not tied down to anything like he could just <laughs> let loose oh he's tied down to i don't know have you seen his have you seen his his uh significant other no i have not she is an absolute respectable woman with just probably the biggest brain on the face of the planet um and i do nothing but have respect for her in a regular non-creepy way uh but yeah he just seems like he's happy to be wherever he is at that current moment um he just seems like a bro and so i vote him as party animal numero uno uh, yeah, I, I think clutterbuck like a few years ago would have been but now with like the back issues and whatnot i feel like i feel like they have of... old man fun yeah like Bailey, Sezekis, Clutterbuck, Martin. What's with this other thing, too? Uh, everyone's getting married in the NHL right now because obviously this is like the time in which everyone has to take. So they're all taking it. And like, what is with everyone stripping down naked? Have you seen this? I did see that. The what? the sharks, right? They they did like baby shark or whatever. The Islanders, too. The Islanders did it before the sharks. Dude, if Mar- I had at, abs like that, I'd be doing it, too. At Sydney and 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 matt's wedding they there's snapchat videos of them literally taking their pants off it's a pretty silly situation but i don't think us normal folk would get away with pulling off a maneuver such as that no i i definitely have my buddy showtime's wedding we were all shirtless and it got a little crazy all righty then moving on i'm not gonna hey it's a Cortland wedding i don't know what to say uh quarter good joke all right man let's uh Let's get the people over to what they really want to hear, and then we'll circle back around and talk a little bit about the moves that were made and uh, some that weren't. All right. So here's our interview with Corey Castro of Free Throw. back in the box with our boy Corey from Free Throw. Corey. How's it going, guys? Oh, man. How are you? I'm hanging in there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, enjoying my uh, my golf season. Now that the Preds aren't playing hockey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had them going all the way. I thought they were going to be the uh, the one that everyone forgot about. Yeah. I, I kind of thought that maybe we would have a good run. But, oh, man. I... Honestly, I think there was just way too much going on with our power play to really make it as far as I wanted us to make it. Yeah, uh, get in line. <laughs> we had the same fucking problems on our end. But, uh, yeah, I felt it was almost like there's so much pressure on you guys when you were there, you know, when you hit the pinnacle these yeah. last four years. And now it's like, okay, you know, no one was really looking in your direction later in the year. And I thought maybe some of the pressure would be off and you guys could turn some heads. Yeah, I, I definitely was kind of feeling that. I was it, We kind of started having that underdog feeling again towards the end of the season. But at the same time, I mean, you can't have a power play that's like last place in the league and is expected to like even make the playoffs. We're lucky enough we made the playoffs with that power play. Uh, 
I mean, you can't play a first round and go over 15 in the first round on the power play. That just That's not how you <laughs> win series. No, absolutely not. And from somebody who struggled, uh, you know, we struggled all year with our power play. I mean, it was basically the Achilles heel of our season. Like, we kept – people kept trying to justify it. And, like, Nashville were one, was one of the teams where they're like, well, Nashville Nashville makes it every year. And, they, and, you know, this year, like, they have a horrible power play. We're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, that doesn't prove anything. <laughs> no. I think, like, well, and also, like, <laughs> with us, like, I, I found us, cheer, like, we would cheer whenever, like, we'd get off the power play because we were back to five-on-five. Five. <laughs> and we had much better chances on five-on-five five statistically. And then, like, I, I remember, like, halfway through the seasons, like, every time we get a power play, we would just be like, oh, God, here we go again. Oh, yeah. It was terrible. It was bad. <laughs> but, there's nothing worse to watch than a bad power play because it's yeah. like, could you get you? You can't get any closer to scoring and not be able to score. It like it looks so pitiful. Yeah, well, and like the worst part about it is the power play is set up to give you the advantage because of a penalty, and then whenever you're like they're committing penalties on you, and it's just they don't really care because your power play is not going to do anything. It's like <laughs> it, it, it's deflating for sure. Yeah, and it's so funny because it's like. When you're when you do have a bad power play, when you're in the stadium, like you're you're calling for a penalty, you're calling for penalties, like oh, he fucking come yeah. on, you know whatever, like you know he tripped them, this that, the other thing, and then they go to it, and it's almost like you forget for five seconds, like your yep. stupid like fan brain is like oh no, <laughs> and it never works out. It's so like for for those like six blissful seconds, your brain tricks you into thinking like oh this is a good thing. Absolutely, I I found myself screaming at the TV or like at games, like screaming at the refs whenever I think a call should be made. And then I think back like 15 minutes later, like, why was I even mad? (laughs) We're not going to score on the power play. Yeah, that's the point. Like, just don't give up a goal and get back to whatever is going to get us to score. But Uh, now, Corey, uh, moving on to the next season, you guys don't really have that many UFAs that you have to re-sign. And, like, you're going to have to just do, like, some minor tweaks. So what do you you think the Preds have going uh, this offseason? Um, I, there's a lot going on, really. I, you never really know what's going in the head, going on in the head of David Poyle. The guy is kind of a madman when it comes to, like, GM shit. So he's made some moves that, like, at first I didn't agree with, and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, this guy's a genius. Like, I should just trust him. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, we just recently made the acquisition of a new assistant coach who is a power play specialist in uh, Dan Lambert. He was head coaching a, a minor league team recently. I'm, I can't remember it off the top of my head. But, I mean, he's got a, a long coaching pedigree, and he's known for the power play. So, hope, I mean, we had to make a move there. Like, something had to happen. So, hopefully that helps out. I know that there are a lot of trade rumors going around right now. A lot of people are talking, like, rumors have been having it that PK is on the trading block. Which kind of scares me, but at the same time, PK's performance through the second half of the season, when he came back from injury, it just something didn't seem right. Uh, and then in in the playoffs, it was just like I don't know. A lot of his fundamentals just seemed off. Like it's it, he made good plays here and there, and like did good things here and there, but like his fundamental hockey just kind of seemed like not where it should be. Which I mean, it could be anything from lingering injury to you know. I mean, there's been rumors over the last year that we had, you know, some locker room issues going on. I mean, I think that was one of the reasons why people thought Kevin Fiala got traded to the wild for Mikhail Granlund. And, uh, I mean, like I said, that's all hearsay. 
But I mean, I think the biggest thing being talked about in Nashville for the offseason right now is going after Duchesne. <laughs> Which I I heard that that's that's a destination for him. Yeah, he's he's made it known that he likes Nashville as a city and has wanted. He's like really big into country music and shit supposedly. Um, so I, he's made it known that he like he supposedly owns like Airbnb here. Uh, he a bunch of random shit. Like people are you know digging into things that don't really matter, but they're trying to look for a reason that why Duchesne would come to Nashville. But as much as having a star like Duchesne would be awesome, uh, really goes into like, what do we got to lose for that? You know, <laughs> can't yeah. be, a, it's got to be a hefty price tag. It's funny. Um, cause Duchesne, if you ask anybody in Islander town, like Duchesne's basically in blue, blue and orange. So yep. yeah, it's- I think it's the same anywhere that he's a possible, like it's one of his possible destinations right now. Everywhere is like, Oh, we got Duchesne. <laughs> well, like, they're like, Oh, well, Lou, Lou, Lou had him at the uh, at the deadline, but you know they they backed out, and we're like, <laughs> like, dude. So so that just means that he's automatically coming like in the off season. Like, what are we talking about? How does that <laughs> anything? The worst is right now. Um, uh, Matt Martin just got married, or yeah. is married. I'm sorry to Sydney Sison, and uh, he just went on his bachelor party, and. Um, Duchesne was on that, ba- that bachelor party, wasn't he? I think Duchesne was at that bachelor party, and I think Marner was there, too. And there's, like, a picture with Marner wearing orange glasses and a blue hat, and people are like, oh, all right. <laughs> it's a sign. <laughs> oh, wow. That's huge. Like, like, wow, I always knew it. I always knew this kid had it in him. This kid's going to be an Islander. We're like, are you fucking serious? Like, anybody with a brain? <laughs> it's, it's just so ridiculous. So, like, sometimes you scroll through Twitter, and, like, it's such a – because – Sports, obviously, sports fandom is like a wide array of different different ages. So there are people that don't understand how Twitter works. So you have, like, people's moms and dads going on there for, like, viable information off of a – based off a bachelor, uh, bachelor party picture. Like, probably <laughs> – like, Everyone's a sports so fan now, you know? Yeah, they, yeah, they got the, they got this guy, uh, Marta, from, from Toronto because he was in a – you know, he blew an orange hat. I just, I just read it on Twitter. Like – they take it so seriously, like, dude. That's not- oh yeah, man. I, well, it's like, uh, I, I've noticed because hockey's been my favorite sport since I was five years old. Even before the Preds were in uh, Nashville, we had a minor league team here called the Nashville Knights. I don't remember what league they played for, but it was like a fucking throwback league that I think eventually ended up like going away. Um, and I used to go to their games all the time. So I think they were an affiliate of the Rangers. Once the Preds came to Nashville, I realized that professional hockey fans are some of the most, like, they will take any little thing and use it as, like, a this is why this is happening kind of thing. <laughs> it happens so much more in hockey than it does in, like, baseball or football or anything like that. Like, it, it still happens in those sports, but it seems like with hockey, it just happens so often. Yeah. It's such a vague statement you're making, but because I am a fan of hockey, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, yeah. I, it's, well... It's like in football, you have in basketball and stuff like that, you have all of these giant personalities right. that are always like connected, you know, within social media and like always crazy in the press and in the media, they're like huge celebrities. Whereas in hockey, everyone tends to be like the players tend to be a little bit more, you know, privatized and reserved for the most part. Yeah. And so hockey fans tend to dig into every little single thing they can get to use it as a source for their like insider information. <laughs> And you got Pekka for another two years. Don't got to worry about that. He is yeah. a large human being. Oh, like, yeah, man. A super a super wonderful person in general, too. 
Really? Uh, I, yeah, he's he's really known in the community for like charity work and just like being like an approachable person, like a very nice guy. Have you met any of the guys? Like, what's it like? Um, I've only met a few like low time players that probably aren't even with the team anymore, like in passing. But uh, with a lot of the guys in our band work in the service industry, so they they come in contact with them a few times. I know Kevin has a picture with PDK. Larry is a waiter at a restaurant, and he's uh, you know served preds all the time. He usually gives me the lowdown on which ones tip well and which ones don't. <laughs> <laughs> the good guys in the band, guys. <laughs> but uh, I, w- I wouldn't say I've really met any of them. Uh, you know, I've seen them, shook hands, exchange words, you know, meet and greets, that kind of stuff. They all seem pretty nice for the most part. Yeah. I forgot about PK. I-, I always forget he's on the Preds until I remember about PK Suban. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's on the Preds. Yeah, I mean, he really hasn't done much in this last season to uh, – announce his uh <laughs> position yeah that is right i i mean again and we're not big numbers guys we don't think numbers dictate the uh the player but oh, i'm i'm the same way <laughs> I, I hate That's getting so- in arguments with over like the coursey with people like i'm like it doesn't really fucking matter <laughs> yeah. i feel like if we just continue to say we're not big numbers guys people are like okay they're like they're 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 purists they're hockey purists but really just <laughs> man uh, <laughs> really, I just hated math in fucking high school. Yeah, yeah. It's not like I want to go through statistics <laughs> class again. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like PK, and I love him, so I'm not telling him to stop, but I feel like he's getting wrapped up in a lot of like ancillary shit. I definitely think he knows that he is a star within the hockey world. He knows that he is a big name. But like, I, I just feel like over the last season, his, his play has been so inconsistent. Um, and, I mean, I know that a lot of people in Montreal had that same issue with him. Also, Montreal fans just seem to be fucking mean. <laughs> I mean, the city of Nashville still loves PK. Like, you have you have your Twitter warriors, you know, that'll go out after he has one bad game, and they're like, we need to trade PK. And it's the same fucking person on Twitter after he has a good game is like, PK is God, you know? It's like, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, especially with hockey becoming such a huge force in Nashville now. I mean, there's always been the diehard fans like us who have been around since the inaugural season. Uh, I think I was like, I was almost 10 uh, during the inaugural season. And uh, so I've been going to games and being a Preds fan since 10 years old. And uh, now that after the Preds made their, their, you know, the cup run, which they ultimately lost to my girlfriend's favorite team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, like hockey in Nashville has become the main sport within our city like the titans aren't as prominent uh there's even we're getting an mls team in the next couple of years uh and we're even in talks for an mlb team and it's like no one really cares because hockey with that comes the fans who literally have like just started watching hockey you know like a year or two ago and now they think they're experts (laughs) nashville is just cool it's just a cool place like um... it's a fun city for sure are you born? Are you born and raised? Probably? Born and raised in Nashville. Grew up in West Nashville, uh, off of uh, Charlotte Pike, where uh, where like Hattie B's first Hattie B's I think is over there. Uh, Nashville hot chicken, one of my favorite foods. Uh, yeah, born and raised West Nashville. Uh, I re- my parents moved about thirty minutes outside of the city when I was like a senior in high school, maybe. Something like that. I, I was I was in high school when we moved outside of the city, but I still spend the majority of my time in the city. 
You have no accent. That's why. Yeah, well, um, that's a funny story, actually, because uh, half my family has an accent, and the other half, like, a few of us don't. <laughs> uh, when I was when I was young, my grandfather, my dad's father, uh, he immigrated from Peru uh, to America, and he uh, didn't always speak the best English, but he was, like, very, very into, like, Americanizing his kids, you know, so he was always taught, like, proper grammar, like, uh, you know, to speak well and strong. And uh, so when I was younger, my dad was like, he was pretty always, my mom and dad were both like pretty into teaching me proper grammar and how to, how to talk. I think my dad didn't really want me coming off as like some redneck child. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and also with just like over the last decade of touring and traveling, uh, all kind of accents tend to fade away. You kind of come this ambiguous uh, kind of like accent because, you know, People make fun of you for saying, like, y'all and shit like that, even though I think y'all is one of the best words on the planet. It absolutely is. Somebody says y'all, and I, like, instantly, I figured, like, 15% of your personality out. <laughs> so, like, it's a good, like, 15% is the number. If you regularly use the term y'all and you're not forcing it. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just natural for me, I guess. Especially oh. growing up in Nashville. I mean, everybody says it. Yeah, for sure. But on my end of the spectrum, being a transplant, like I feel fake when I try to say it because I've been in now Charlotte <laughs> for four years. And if I drop a y'all, I'm like, wait, that doesn't feel right. What do you guys hit the uh, up, in, up in Long Island? You guys hit the old school use guys? Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> actually, that's Staten Island, my friend. Mm. Yeah. Staten. There, yeah, there's a big there. Listen, do you want to get into the intricacies of the Long Island accent? <laughs> we, we, I mean, it, well, it's gonna. We're gonna do it on a different episode because it takes all along. But a lot of, a lot of, a lot to explain. Oh yeah, like I read a thing the other day. Like they were talking about like the, the uh, women uh, rated the cutest accents or hottest accents, and like the top thirty, like from first to first to worst, and the and Long Island was twenty nine. <laughs> Staten Island was like four. <laughs> I don't think they're that different. No, they're they're not, but there's like certain words that like like use that's like that's yeah that's got that's Staten right yeah but like there's a lot of bro like bro originally oh, bro yeah I'm a wrestling fan that reminds me of Vince Russo <laughs> yeah like yeah bro that that's all that's all on island but yeah <laughs> yeah at least you guys I I think like Pittsburgh's got to be my least favorite for yeah. when it comes to like slang the yins thing I just can't get over it. Yes. I think it's the like worst. <laughs> like wanna be y'all. Yeah, I like and it's like why like none of the rest of the state uses it. I don't even think anyone outside of Pittsburgh really uses it. It's just that immediate area that says yens. It's not even a proper breakdown of two words. Like at least y'all is you all. Like yens sounds more southern to me. Cause like I guess it would be a contraction of like you like you ins. You know how like people in the South will say like youngins? Yeah. Like like it sounds like you ins like a mixture between youngins and like you guys or like you all, which that it just it makes zero sense. <laughs> you say don instead of down, like they go off instead of down. Yeah, that's kind of strange too. Yeah, 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 yeah. weird. Yeah, see, my girlfriend's from Chicago. But okay. Her her dad has been a lifelong Pittsburgh sports fan. His family is out of Pittsburgh. So that's where she gets her Pittsburgh fandom from. Okay. She said Yins, I don't think we'd be able to date. Uh, I conquered that fan base. So this <laughs> I, they're not allowed to get up. They, they was just lifeless. Um, <laughs> and I was 
unimpressed. And then Walter Stanley came in from front side with his friggin' he his accent, and he stomped all over me as a hurricane. And that was tough. That was tough. We talking about accents when when we were, when we had Walter on, and I like you forget because because Mike is from North Carolina, uh-huh. uh, and everyone I met a bunch of people from North Carolina, so I don't immediately associate North Carolina with a with a southern accent. And then Walter came on, and he was like, "How y'all doing?" And I'm, I'm like, "Oh yeah, he probably would have." <laughs> so what I heard, <laughs> well, see the Carolinas, they kind of have that like nice southern drawl, you know? It's like kind of like it tends to be a little bit more like Matthew McConaughey laid back. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Slow, just slow. Yeah. And Nashville, like Tennessee, it kind of falls more like once you get outside of the city where all the transplants are, it kind of falls more into that. Uh, like kind of like fucking King of the Hill, like quick redneck talk, <laughs> like kind of hard to understand sometimes. <laughs> Moment. <laughs> they also tend to get a little bit more high pitched when they talk. It's almost like a, Damn, son, what are you doing, man? <laughs> it's like, dude, where do you, you why do you talk like that? <laughs> so uh, we're talking about sound. We'll talk about your sound, man. Yeah. So we just talked about obviously people are gonna tell that you're a huge hockey fan if you haven't figured it out by now, and then you named your band after a uh play in basketball. So yep. <laughs> uh this is actually a, a pretty crazy story. Uh we originally were named after a short story by Stephen King, our, our original third guitarist, like came up with the name. We were like, "Yeah, fuck it, dude. Whatever. We don't care. We don't. We don't care what the name is. We just want to play." And uh, we were called Langoliers, and <laughs> we started playing a couple shows. And turns out there was another band, like from the college town south of Nashville, Murfreesboro, called The Langoliers. They had a the in their name, you know. We would go to play a show, and they would just, like, show up and, like, oh, we saw our name on the flyer. I thought we were supposed to play, like, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. And so after that happened, one time, we just kind of, like, all went to, you know, get, like, drunk food at Jack in the Box. And we were, like, eating, like, I fucking, who knows, a whole, you know, like, treasure trove of Jack in the Box tacos. And uh, Justin, our bass player, was just, like, uh, so what do you guys want to call the band? We were like, oh, we don't know. We went through a few names. Larry tried to get us to convince us to call the band Uncle Jesse and the Rippers. <laughs> uh, to which most of us immediately denied because we were like, dude, yeah, love Full House, but nah, that, that's not going to work. And luckily, we didn't because, like, I think it was like a year or two later on Riot Fest, like, <laughs> Uncle Jesse and the Rippers from Full House with John Stamos, like, legitimately played Riot Fest. What? Uh <laughs> So that would have been a that would have been a, another mix up. Uh, so Justin was just sitting there like talk full mouth of tacos, which is like we'll just call it free throw. And we all looked at each other and we're like, yeah, fuck it, that works, and it just stuck. <laughs> we're like all you know, a lot of emo bands have sports names, so why not? Yeah, modern baseball. Yep. Yeah. Knuckle puck. You got classics in American football. You know. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. You've even got band. You got a band called Sport that was from France. Then you got a band called Sports that's from America. Yes, Sports. I just actually like started listening to them the other day. They're a good band. They are very good. Uh, uh, actually, I think Mikey, you showed them. You know? Uh, I don't think I have actually. That's one that I didn't show you. But Corey, uh, yes. We we talk, you know, it's pretty obvious that Nashville is country music. So like when oh, you yeah. guys were, when you guys were getting started playing, you know, 
your pop punk emo kind of music like did nashville embrace you and like was it hard to play like local shows or um it was it was pretty strange at first uh because there weren't there weren't there was like a few pop punk bands around town but they really didn't kind of like vibe with us because we were doing this you know really like emo tinged kind of pop punk like emo punk kind of mix and theirs were all like you know the, the typical pop punk of you know the late you know 2000s early 2010s where it's just like my friends my friends like oh yeah i'm riding in a van you know like that kind of shit so those bands really weren't like we didn't play with them too much we ended up actually playing a lot more on like, hardcore shows <laughs> which was kind of strange because nashville had a really like thriving hardcore scene at the time and it's actually kind of looping back around now because nashville the scene that's thriving the most in nashville other than country music at the moment is like the hardcore scene but at the time like yeah we ended up on a lot of like mixed genre bills like playing with uh metal and hardcore bands uh sometimes with like indie and garage rock bands and we seemed to never really kind of fit but uh due to like you know there was a few diy venues in town a few smaller venues that would put us on shows because we we had been in other bands and been around the scene for quite some time at that point and we had friends and they're just like, yeah, dude, you guys can play, whatever. And uh, people started coming to our shows. They always noticed that we were just kind of like drinking and having a good time. And like our shows became more like a party at times. And more people just kind of started like getting into that vibe and wanting to come and just like hang out and have a good time. The music kind of like went with it. And eventually doing that, like a scene kind of started building up around shows that we were playing. So like more bands started coming around, like our friends were starting bands and uh, all of a sudden, we would be throwing shows at these venues that were, you know, five emo punk bands one on one show. And so instead of like, it kind of just made this gradual move from us playing on shows that we had no business being on to the people enjoying our show, I guess, to it building up kind of a small scene around it. And then when we started touring all the time, uh, the bands that were a part of that small scene that we had built up in Nashville like they started touring and then once all of us were touring and like going out and doing things more nationally uh that scene kind of just like started to fade away so now the emo scene in nashville is kind of strange like it's it's hit or miss there's a few bands that are starting to come up that are really good and i'm really happy that they're popping up but nashville in general is kind of a hard scene to keep together because um you know everyone thinks of country music and then you know when they come to town and you know play like other bands from other genres come to town and play shows it's really hard to get people to come out because a lot of the people that you know grew up in nashville or born and raised in nashville and went to music shows and stuff like like i did when i was a kid like they've all either grown up and moved away or you know they're on doing bigger and better things and the the, the scene just tends to kind of like work like a very slow heartbeat like it'll beat and it'll like blow up for a minute but then it'll die back down you gotta wait for that next beat <laughs> But yeah, so Free Throw ended up playing a lot of weird mixed genre shows. <laughs> awesome. There was and never I feel, really like a big scene for it. I feel like that kind of summarizes Triple Crown Records too. Like yeah. I feel like a lot of the bands on that label kind of fall into that mix too, where it's like, how like where do you put them on a like on a tour because they're so different from like what else is going on? Like for example, like As Tall as Lions. Uh -huh. That's like the band that I always think about that like really was so amazing, but they just couldn't fall on like a good tour because there was no one else like doing that kind of stuff at the time. Yeah. Or like Weatherbox. Yeah, exactly. Yep. 
a band that has a sound its own you can't really like you can't really like fit it into a category that it would just be like oh this band makes sense to go on tour with this band you know uh, the same thing for uh from indian lakes yep uh, i mean foxing even yeah yeah uh, i think fred donor he just he really has an ear for what he likes and you know what he uh he, he's really into like artistry and like being able to help bands like really show the world what they got well yeah brand new <laughs> absolutely I, yeah it was it was always really like when we signed a triple crown it was like a big deal for us because growing up you know there have been so many bands that have been on triple crown that we were like very very you know influenced by or like like triple crown had always just seemed kind of like a like a long shot and that's how during that time when we signed to them we've been talking to a few other labels that were pretty like big names as well but when Triple Crown came calling, I think all of us just kind of like, yeah, that's where we want to go. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of like, because, you know, growing up on Long Island, like that, I feel like that was like the Long Island record label. There was yeah, just t- well, tons of Long Island bands that were on I mean, that label. It's it's crazy to me how much of an influence just Long Island in general was to this genre of music for so long. Because, uh, I mean, even though you had like, you know, drive through based in what, California, I think. Yep. It was like Triple Crown was the East Coast drive through almost, uh, but just more serious. Like drive through was kind of, you know, poppy and like fun, whereas like Triple Crown was like the, always that more serious side of it. It's so funny you, you, you guys said that because just um, I look, I have it up here right now, like who's on the label and uh, my friend's on the label. Well, he's not my friend, but my friend, my friend's friend, Oso Oso. Yeah. Yeah. Jade. Yeah. He's the fucking man. Uh, I love that guy. <laughs> He kills it, dude. I actually, I ended one. I think I ended one of the episodes with uh, with some of his shit. But it's so funny. You guys said that it's the Long Island thing, and I'm looking. I'm like, oh, Jade's fucking. He's on here, and I just saw him playing with. Uh, he played with uh, the Wonder Years back in the day, and I. He's friends with my friends, so I don't want to make it seem like I know. That, oh, know, word, yeah. No, uh, it's, I, Jade. Jade. We've known Jade for a while. Uh, Free throws first ever Long Island show. Uh, was with State Line, uh, which Jade was in that band, and uh, we played at Even Flow, the like fucking uh, Pearl Jam themed like bar club. <laughs> uh, I don't even know that things. one. I don't. I don't remember what's like what town it was in in Long Island. I don't even know if it still exists. But at the time, like when we were playing there, uh, my best friend she lives in uh, Newark, in New Jersey. Yeah. And uh, at the time, she was dating someone that lived in Long Island, so she was on Long Island all the time. And she was like, yeah, this place is, like, hilarious, dude. Like, you wait till you get there. It's, like, all Pearl Jam, but they have the best wings. And they did. They had fucking really good wings. Yeah, I, it, I've i never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of off the wall a little bit. But it was, yeah, it was our first ever Long Island show. I'm trying to remember what year that was. I think it was 2013. Uh, 2012. Oh, permanently closed. Oh, yeah. it's in Bay Shore. Hmm. All I remember is we drove straight from Nashville to there, like no stops. <laughs> oh my god! God, <laughs> like we didn't sleep. We just like well, we like if we did sleep, it was like whoever was driving. We were just switching off all the way there. I think it was like fucking seventeen hours or something like that. Yeah, um, I actually I have it on Google Maps right now. I know exactly where it is. It's in a good spot too. Well, you probably had some fun over there knowing you guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So I only say that uh, just because you know you talk you've you've been talking about it too like you guys you're partying and stuff like that. But I noticed something and I like ask you a question about. But you got a lot of alcohol references in your song. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've always like drinking's always been my vice, uh, <laughs> like my biggest vice. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, they're like especially like on the new record, I talk a lot about uh, like a lot of my struggles with it, but I mean, it's kind of like one of those things where like, it was more of me like self-medicating for issues that I had rather than me just really being absolutely dependent on alcohol. Right. Um, and now that I've, you know, I started seeing a psychiatrist, stuff like that, got medication for like the things I had going on. And now drinking is just back to being like a weekend fun thing for me. Eh, not gonna lie. I had a nice shot of whiskey before this, uh, podcast loosen me up you know that's sunday but um yeah i don't know it's just uh, it's something alcohol is something that played a really big part in my life for quite some time so i i tend to it tend because all the lyrics are real true stories about my life like i mean i guess free throw is technically like an autobiographical concept uh because i mean i write all the lyrics so it's like basically the only thing i really know to write about is like my life so alcohol tends to pop up a lot (laughs) No, it definitely reads through uh, when you listen to a lot of stuff you're putting out. So I didn't want to like touch something that was too touchy, but I mean, it, it's oh, a, no, not at all. Kind of an overtone in some of the stuff that you have, and just from all of the um, stuff that we've discovered or Mikey's sent me um, since we've started the podcast, like you're, I think lyrically you speak to me the most, um, just because um, drinking is uh, is a vice of mine as well. Um, and I'm not really afraid to put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, I see what you were doing and I'm like, I respect that because it's not, you know, it's, it's not so much a, a cry for help, but just kind of like a, this is a thing that I do. And I kind of get into like a mood here and I'm going to use it creatively. And yeah, I don't it's, it's definitely like cathartic, you know, uh, it's rather than it being really like a cry for help. Uh, it's more of just me, like just getting it out there, you know? <laughs> you know, and I mean, I hate to bring the mood down, so try and keep it up with me here, but I feel like a lot of the, um, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the real heavy stuff that gets sung about in the scene is, um, you know, like, they talk about pills and, and, and stuff like that, and, and, yeah. and being medicated that, and it, I never, um, that was just not, never really appealing to me growing up. Uh, I never, yeah, for sure. yeah, I never smoked or anything, so, when I started listening to you guys, I was just like, oh, wow, here's someone that I can, like, kind of relate to a little bit, like, with what they're going through and, and stuff like that. So I just wanted to point that out and just wonder. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, like, I mean, I've definitely been around the block. I've definitely tried my uh, my hand in, you know, party favors and good times. Yeah, you do. But, uh, yeah, I've never really been, like, I mean, drinking's just always been the one that, like, I I really, like, enjoyed the most. Like, I really didn't ever get it too hard into, like, pills or anything like that. It was always more, like, I mean, like, when I was in high school, like, of course, I smoked weed with my friends and stuff. But, like, it was never really, like, my go-to thing. Like, drinking was always the thing I enjoyed the most. So that's kind of just why, I guess, I tend to sing about that a lot. Uh, And, like, I don't know, especially with, you know, the scene has been taking this very big shift towards you know, talking about mental health, you know, talking about things like drug abuse, talking about like these dark things. And sometimes like to me, uh, like some, some of it can come off as like forced from time to time because like they really want to make that point. Yeah. And with me, like 
you know, of course I thought about it. I thought about really diving in and trying to like make this huge point, but for me, it just felt more natural to just talk about what I know. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause I always feel like, like sometimes like that too. And I guess it's because it's like, I can't a hundred percent relate to, to some of those situations that um, dudes are talking about, but like, I just feel like it's getting, it, it becomes over an oversaturated issue where then suddenly it's like, well, if you've never struggled with these things, are you punk rock? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And see that, and like with our last album, obviously it's about this like kind of like uh, me being at this dark point in my life and like kind of like building my way back out of it. Right. But like, I didn't want it to come off as like, this is a like straight up mental health album. Like I, I didn't really want to push that. I just wanted it to come off as like, hey, this is my story. Right. Like that's all I'm trying to tell. And like, I hope that if someone out there, you know, relates to it, that it helps them out as well. Like, you know, music has done for me since I was a child. That's why, like, I also try to write my songs as, you know, relatable as possible, like to where anyone can like hear the song. And even if it's not, their problem isn't directly what I'm talking about. Like if it's not the specifics, they can still relate the song to the issues that they're going through. Um, and I, I started doing that when Free Throw became a band because I had heard my little sister like singing along with songs on the radio and she would always change, you know, like the pronouns, like, you know, to make it fit her, like, especially if it was like a guy singing or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, you know, like, man, that, that always sucks to have to do that. I remember having to do that when I would listen to, you know, like, like Paramore or something like that. Right. Like, and it's like, you know, I kind of like, I hate, I hated doing that. I always wish like, you know, I didn't have to. Cause you know, you want to sing along with it and be like, right. <laughs> so like, I, I like, I, I made this like conscious decision that like, I would try my best to just always make it like, and not, not necessarily in any like strong political fashion, but like to make it like gender neutral pronouns. So that way anyone could insert themselves into the story that's being told and relate to it in any way they want to. And I try to keep it specific yet still ambiguous in a way to where like people can, you know, interpret the songs in the way they want to interpret. And I like, and that's something that I wish that like I would like a lot of artists would have used when I was younger. So I would, it would have probably helped me out a little bit to be able to say, man, this song might not be about what I'm feeling, but like it can be, you know. <laughs> so can I say that Same Drugs is about the movie Hook? <laughs> if you want, I, I technically did when, when I listen <laughs> when I listen to that song, I'm just like that. There's so many references that could be tied to that movie hook that oh yeah i well that song is uh it's actually a cover that fred from triple crown wanted us to do uh it's originally by uh, chance the rapper and uh it was one of the most challenging fucking songs i've ever had to do in my entire life <laughs> holy shit look at that i had no idea that that was a cover but yeah i was it... listening to that song and i was like man like the whole like uh learning how to fly and uh, yeah. remembering how to fly you lost your marbles and uh the shat like the shadow reference i'm like that's a lot of reference in the hook yeah yeah and i mean that makes sense because i do love that movie <laughs> but uh yeah like whenever I, we went in to do that cover uh because fred from triple crown was like yo i was listening to this song it's one of them it's like a really highly played song on spotify and he's like I don't know. The lyrics just make sense for free throw to do it to me. He's like, I'll pay the licensing for it. You guys just go record it, figure it out. He's like, change it to make it sound like you guys and just figure it out. We're like, okay, shit. <laughs> uh, and so we spent a whole day in a studio here in Nashville, like trying to fucking figure out how to make that song into like a song of our own. 
and I was really proud of it. But fuck, was it difficult? Yeah. Uh, and I have a history with hip hop. Like hip hop was the first music that I ever started making when I was like 11 years old. Because uh, my older brother was into rapping and I really got into making beats and stuff and eventually moved my way into like learning about hip hop and like really getting into it. And so like, honestly, the rap part that like that kind of like rappy part, like in the middle of it was the easiest part for me to record. <laughs> <laughs> Just like pre-wired for it yeah the hardest part was like actually trying to figure out a way to make because the way he's a rapper so like the way he sings it in the song it's like it's got melody but it's like this very like strange melody that like a normal like singer wouldn't think to use i guess right and so it was super difficult to like kind of like figure it out and nail it down without it sounding exactly like the original like finding a way to make it sound like a free throw song and that's kind of cool that you guys didn't know it was a cover because like that was kind of one of our our goals with the song was that if people had never heard the original like we wouldn't want them to immediately be like oh well, what's the original sound like you know we wanted it to be a whole different entity oh okay so i'll just erase all that so people can <laughs> they'll never know that you it's a cover but... <laughs> no i mean it's I, I mean, it, it's ah. pretty pretty cool it doesn't matter if it's a cover or not i uh chance the rapper's team okayed it they so they must have liked it <laughs> i mean he is so uh different he's just a different mind and a creative mind in general i love chance the rapper so that's awesome that you guys had the or somebody had the foresight to put that ball in your court and make it you know i couldn't see him not having a problem you know yeah yeah it, we were kind of worried after we did it that like because you know like with like high profile like artists like rappers and you know pop singers and stuff like that it has to go through the checks and balances you know to to be able to do something like that and like we were kind of worried uh, that like we did all this work and then they're gonna be like, nah, sucks. Damn, <laughs> no. well, I mean, I I'm not sure if you know, like I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but like he doesn't have a he's unsigned, he's not on a label, he's like mm -hmm. a SoundCloud. he's the original SoundCloud rapper. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm very familiar with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I know like it had to be passed through like his his management team. Right. or something like that or whatever i don't know if he actually approved it himself I, yeah. that, I never got any like formal approval i just know that uh fred told us that it was approved to be used you know for our ep and stuff so like i would assume that like his management team was to it was like okay yeah nothing wrong with this like because <laughs> he was on the this is one of those good old three-day earworms for him man he was just listening to it on repeat for like, <laughs> That would be pretty cool, uh, but yeah, I know I know that I'm pretty sure uh, Fred probably paid paid the licensing fee too for it, which would make them probably even more want want to let it happen. Yeah, I'm, I listen to you know what I listen to a lot lately. Matt Miller, and he's got a song like it's a really sad song. I always wondered like what it would be like if somebody covered it, but uh, I mean, there's just there's when you get that creative and like you find you know, things to sample or go off of. And like like you said, I mean, you, you guys are kind of built to be a little different. The people that you um the people that you were originally touring with were not is not really exactly of the genre that you play in. And yeah. The, I don't know, I I, I love those mixes. You know what I mean? That's, like, uh, that's actually um that's actually like something we kind of pride ourselves on. Like we we know that obviously free throw takes like a lot of influence from different places and people can be like oh like you know like certain parts of the song sound like you know kind of like this band or like that kind of stuff but we we do feel like free throw kind of like stands on its own 
it doesn't feel like a generic like cookie cutter type thing to us um it definitely feels like we've like kind of found our sound and we know what we're doing and it's kind of just like <laughs> we're playing basketball on our own court you know uh which is a really shitty pun i just made without even thinking about it because <laughs> we're announcing our full u.s headliner tomorrow oh okay because i was on your website and i was like what the fuck man you're not coming anywhere near me you're out there yeah it announces tomorrow at uh i think noon your time oh that's huge okay yeah and it is it like you were saying with the uh kind of uh mixed shows thing like it's gonna be like there's definitely gonna be like aspects of different things that we enjoy and take influence from like represented in the lineup so the lineup is going to be um us uh with direct support from chris farron uh and then a band called youth fountain i think they're from canada uh they're a little bit more on like the the punkier like pop punk side and then uh a band from long island actually uh maxio oh okay uh -oh. and so That'll get announced tomorrow at 11 a.m. my time. I think noon, your guys' time. Okay, cool. And, so, you, yeah. and you got Charlotte on there? I do believe we might have it. Let me look at the um, – oh, yeah. the tour is, like, over a month long, so it's a lot. I'm on your, yeah, I was on your website now because I was I would, uh, looking something up and then uh, looked at the tour, and I'm like, oh, you guys are only in the U.K., which is awesome, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we leave for that next next month. Um, we will be in Carborough, North Carolina. That's the only Carolina date we have. All right. Yeah, it seems like that's – it's either a Charlotte date or it's or always there. I haven't been to a show there yet. but Yeah, it's at the Cat's Cradle back room. Yeah. The Charlotte music scene's got to be like the Nashville music scene. It's very hit or miss, and, like, it, it's hard for me to figure out, too. Yeah. it. I, I've noticed that, especially in the southern states, like – you have your, obviously your hubs like Atlanta for music scene stuff. Uh, Atlanta is always going to be a pretty good show. Uh, then, you know, when you go down into like Florida, you got, you got Orlando, you've got like, you know, South Florida, like Tampa and uh, Miami that always do well. But like you get into like those kind of like middle areas in the, in the South and the transplant cities and stuff like that. And the scene just becomes really hard to detect, like, because they, it changes so much. Uh, especially with so many people moving in and moving out every day that you really never know how well it's going to go over. Because, I mean, we've played hometown shows in Nashville that have done extremely well. And then we've also played hometown shows in Nashville that have, you know, done, you know, at least good enough for us not to be mad about it. <laughs> but I, I did see that you got to ride around on one of those Lime scooters when you were in Charlotte. Oh, yeah, dude. I was fucking scooting. <laughs> I had, I had always made fun, like, because it's it never fails. When you're on a tour, or if a tour is coming through our town and, like, our friends are on tour, someone from the tour, if there's scooters available, someone always rents one. And, like, I would always give people shit about it and be like, oh, dude, you got a scooter. Ha, ha, ha. So funny. And then that day, I don't know, I was having, like, an off day. It was kind of just like, oh, man. I was starting to become, like, a little, like, yeah, and you know, like, bogged down from tour. We had been on uh, the tiny moving parts tour and then immediately went on that seaway tour so like back to back like without really going home much and uh i was just starting to kind of get burned out and i was like you know what fuck it today i'm gonna be that guy i'm gonna be the scooter guy and uh it was surprisingly cheap it wasn't expensive at all <laughs> it's got scoot goofing you know dude I, mean? I was i was new scoot goofing dude straight up 
Awesome. I was flying around. I uh, pulled up to the young culture guys, like, and like skidded like towards them, and was like, "What's up, bitches?" <laughs> Just in their face, nerds. <laughs> Those guys are so freaking young. Dude, I can't are, believe how young they are. They are baby children. It's crazy. I'm really, really happy that they're getting kind of an early start to um, touring and like learning. And they were so like, they were so just happy to be there that, uh, you know, like every day we'd be loading out and they would just be right behind our trailer. Like, you guys need help? (laughs) We were like, "Uh, sure. (laughs) Um, And they were just like the nicest kids. And all they wanted to do really was just like learn, you know, and like kind of like learn the ways of the road. Because, you know, at this point, Free Throw's been touring now for seven and a half years. We've kind of fucking become the old guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you're, not, and you're not even, like, you're not even at your, your pinnacle yet. Like, you haven't even reached your ceiling. So, just get. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I, uh, That's what I yeah, feel. It's, I mean, it's really funny to us because, like, we've built up such a reputation of just being, like, road dogs. Like, guys who will just stay on the road and just keep going and keep going like no matter what like get knocked down get back up and just like we're we always have a dog in the fight uh and like a lot of people a lot of bands that we used to tour with and play shows with you know they've come and gone and stuff and and people have always just been like man it's really cool that you guys have still just stuck around and like stuck it out and you know you keep doing it and i was like well i mean what else am i going to do with my life (laughs) i really don't know what else to do yeah not doing it then why i guess i could just you know keep streaming video games and i don't know watching hockey which was yeah gonna... watching hockey maybe yeah. i could join as your guys third host you know oh hey let's <laughs> uh where if that's out on the table we may need, we may need to take this to the back room <laughs> so that's what i was going to ask you so we're gonna let's circle back to hockey finally yeah let's get back on the hockey and put the two and put the two together. So, like, what's the um, when we first started the podcast? That you know, and immediately, like, what jumped out to us? We would always be like, "Yo, what's the hockey scene with your guys' touring thus far?" And is there any like love? And they're like, "Well, there are so many roadies and and, and people from Nashville, which is where like a, a huge Pred scene is right now. There's so many Pred stickers on like everybody's equipment and everything. Like, oh yeah." Like being a Preds fan, I mean, I think is that is that true? A, B, you have yeah, a. Ho- I would say you do see it a lot. I mean, uh, especially in the last couple of years, uh, Preds memorabilia has been popping up on tour a lot more than I expected. Because um, we've always had Pred shit on our van. Uh, we paid extra to get a Preds license plate. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, we've played shows all wearing Preds jerseys, like except for Kevin, he refused, but. <laughs> fucking Bruins fans, man. Um, the worst. Uh, but, you know, like, so we've always been, like, these huge Nashville Predators guys, and then, like, more and more, like, we've been touring with bigger bands and stuff like that that have people who are hired on from Nashville and stuff. It's like you just start meeting more and more Preds fans on the road, and it's kind of nice. Like, uh, it's kind of nice to, like, instead of having to talk to, like, Justin and Larry and Jake all the time about like what's going on in predators world. Like I occasionally I'll have like a couple other people I can go, Oh, yo, do you hear about this? You know, or, <laughs> did you see the game last night? I think one of the more recent ones I can remember is we were on tour with uh, a band called trophy eyes from Australia and another band called grayscale was on that tour yeah. and uh, their drummer, we didn't know, but he had went to Belmont for college in Nashville and he was a huge Preds fan. 
And I, I had no idea. And one day he just like hops out of their van wearing a Pekka Rene jersey. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, you've seen all of our Pred shit. We've all been like super Preds this entire time. You didn't even let me know you were a Preds fan. Yeah, they're huge. They're Flyers fans. So. Yeah, big Flyers fans. I don't, uh, I Andrew, don't. Andrew is like one of my best buds. I love that guy. Really? I don't. Yeah, we had him. We loved him. He was great. I don't, I don't recall him uh being too forward about the fact that his drummer is a preds fan yeah dude <laughs> nick is a preds fan i am sensing some shame and embarrassment <laughs> and if andrew's out there he's a devout listener i'm telling you how dare you not church <laughs> listenership that and you're full flyers I'm going to drop my friend's name. My friend Zach actually does sound for Trophy Eyes. So I wonder if he was on that tour with you guys. Um, I don't think so. I think who, uh, they had a guy named Jim from Australia doing sound on that tour. Okay. Uh, this was uh, not – it was two winters ago. It was like uh, not last year. It was right – not too long before we did the Knuckle Puck tour at the beginning of last year. So it was in like November of the year before. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of weird. He's from Long Island, but lives in Australia. Oh, really? Friend. Yeah, yeah. He he like was working on like a cruise, and then just fell in love with Australia and stayed That's there. That's sick. Yeah, but he he went on uh one. I think it was actually a a, a Seaway tour, like Seaway Trophy Eyes tour, and he did the sound for Trophy Eyes. Oh yeah, I think that one either happened right before ours or like not long after ours, because I know that uh, Jim, the guy who was doing sound for them on that tour went on to do sound for uh, Hands Like Houses. And uh, I was actually working a Hands Like Houses show in Nashville as a stagehand. And Jim popped out of their like bandwagon or bus. I don't remember which one it was, but he had he just had a beer in his hand. He looked at me and he's like, Oi! <laughs> what are you fucking doing, mate? Come have a fucking frothy. Oh, oh yeah, he calls, he calls uh, beers uh, frothies, but he doesn't say the TH, so it's just frothy. And today... June 9th, 2019 is when I began calling beers frothies. <laughs> it's a good one, dude. We did it for a long time. That's honestly awesome. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, um, so also, you guys have, uh, in my opinion, one of the most awesome situations of an alternate logo. Like, Pred's, Pred's original, like, skeleton logo. Yeah, the skeleton logo. How is that not a free throw team? I we've we've talked about it, uh, and of course Kevin being the Bruins fans, he's like, dude, guys, not everybody are Preds fans. Like, it won't sell, you know. <laughs> We're like, dude, fuck you, Kevin. We want to do this. Uh, I think we've talked about doing Preds style merchandise. I think it'll eventually happen. It'll probably be like a limited run type thing. But uh, the 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 skull and like bones logo has definitely been brought up. Because, I mean, that's why the, the Predators are named the Nashville Predators is because uh, where Bridgestone Arena is built is on the site where they found uh, almost a full uh, fossilized skeleton of a saber-toothed tiger. Right. right. And so, like, that's, like, where the name came from. That's, like, where the whole idea came from. And so, yeah, that alternate logo. Uh, me and Justin have actually talked about getting it tattooed on our bodies. I'm getting my Islanders meetup logo tattooed on my body on Friday. I can't wait. Nice. Dude, yeah. there's nothing more than a, that I love than a fandom tattoo. I'm trying to go to uh, California at the end of the summer because I want to get a, 
I want to get one of the guys from Violent Gentlemen. I want him to fucking zap me up. That'd be sick, dude. Yeah, to do a uh, a fisherman logo, but it's I want it to be a girl. I want it to be like a pit up fisherman look. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the merch, and while we're talking about merch, uh, hook me up with one of those bottom up black shirts, man. Oh yeah, dude. Those things have, we've been uh, printing a lot of them because they've been doing so well. Uh, like it was one of the designs that uh, when we got when it was sent to us, uh, we were like, yeah, fuck yeah, that's it. We want that one. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was uh, we got our manager got in touch with um, Anthony from Bayside because oh. uh, we were looking to uh, get a new merch company, and he was doing stuff for uh, Merch Now, who we do our merch through now. Right. Yeah, I'm on there. <laughs> and uh, he was like, "Yeah, let me uh, just like get uh, a pitch together," and that was one of the shirts in the pitch. And I think I'm, I think almost our entire merch run right now that we've had on tour with us were all basically in that pitch. We were just like, "Yeah, we want." We want those. <laughs> yeah. Fucking awesome, man. Yeah. And there, there's a hockey lace hoodie, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, there's the uh, our little uh, hockey mascot, Randy, uh, the liver. Uh, <laughs> and he's like beat up. He's got the hockey stick and the uh, it's got the lace up and it's got number uh, 12 for the year that we started the band and then Randy on the back of it. I don't see that. It's not on the website. I don't have to. Yeah. It's like they only like they'll like put it up like for like limited orders and then it'll like go away and then i think they've only done it twice now but I, I think we've been talking about bringing it back but doing a different color because the last one was like a greenish it looked like a minnesota wild right. <laughs> and then i was like man fuck that <laughs> that's my uh that's my background i'm i'm a graphic designer i do i screen print i'm screen nice library. so i always make it a point to like look at whoever we're interviewing like stuff and see where they're at and stuff so it's good that you have like a I don't know. You get, you know what you're, what you're throwing out there. Sometimes guys like don't even have like we, when we talked to, uh, I forgot who it was. We were like, yeah, you know, we, 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 I tried pitching that, but uh, Ben wasn't really looking in that direction. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. You know what I mean? So I don't yeah. know. Merch. I mean, we kind of, we kind of have an idea of like as a band, we kind of have an idea of like who we are, our identity, and like what uh, we're looking for. But I mean, we're always open to suggestion. Like. Uh, there's been some some merch things that we've done that we would have never thought of that they just threw out there and they're like look trust us we think this will do well and then usually they're right <laughs> such an extension of 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 the music to me i don't know why i just like you can go you can love a concert and then like but you know is there something cool that you can like take away that night that absolutely like, you can like remember it you know it's so important to me at least i don't know it's not important to everybody and it yeah, makes you I, like, funny in an industry well, that doesn't make a lot of money. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite things about the music industry in general is is merch because like I mean it's it's like another artistic extension of the band, you know, like uh and like you know, also like it gives other people who are artistically creative a way to be involved with the band, you know, like uh we always try to go through like designers and stuff that, you know, we know, or like, if we see a designer that we like really like their style and like stuff like that, we'll definitely like make sure that we get in touch with them or hit them up. Like, cause you know, it's like, it's one of those things where like it, it, everyone's a, a, you know, a cog in the machine to make this all work. So like, we want to always surround ourselves with the people that we think are the best and like that we enjoy their work and like be able to promote them as much as, you know, they help promote us. In summation, you are going to send me a bunch of free, uh, free throw swag and I'll come up with <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i can try i've had like a i've had a pretty crazy last couple of weeks 
like ever since I got home from tour, I had the weekend right after I got home, I had to do a mini tour and like go to Bloodfest, which was crazy. Uh, and then I got home from that and immediately had to go out and go shopping and go to uh, my friend's wedding in Miami for the next weekend. And then now I'm home for the next month and I don't have anything to do except for, you know, pay attention to these last couple games of hockey. Uh, hopefully I'm going to say, I'm going to say it, fuck it, go blues. Cause I don't want to hear Kevin brag about the Bruins winning a Stanley cup for the entire off season. Yeah. <laughs> And that pains me to say because you know the Preds and Blues are they're they're, they're pretty I would I wouldn't say like extremely bitter rivals but it's there's definitely a rivalry there. Well, I think a... I think everyone in the Central rivals against each other. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a bloodbath. Yeah, I think everybody in the world except for anybody in the Central is is rooting for the Blues. I mean, nobody wants Boston to have another championship, but. Dude, I just think Marshawn is the fucking most unlikable person on the planet. I like him. We had the conversation. <laughs> yeah, we had this conversation. I'm like, I, I like him now. But If Brad ever hears this and he likes my band, that's cool, man. But you are a dirty, dirty man. <laughs> this is great. He, he's, it's, that's like every – I mean, I guess because they're in the finals. But it, it just keeps getting brought up like so naturally by everybody yeah. – like Brad Marchand is like a fucking asshole. <laughs> I mean, he's such a good hockey player, but he just resorts to the worst shit. He backs it up. But yeah, being in the Central is so got to be so fucking annoying to see the Blues where they are. Where they are. Oh, yeah. Well, in, in a way, it's annoying, yeah, for sure. But at the same time, like, I got to give it to the Blues. They started off their season on a fucking on a shit streak. And then they really just, like, somewhere halfway through the season, they just really turned it on and became, like, this all-star team. Like, that was, like, hard to play, hard to get through. And, I mean, they've kept it going. I, like, I expect them to go to the playoffs and do the typical Blues thing in the playoffs where they make it to the, you know, they get in the first round, make it to the second round, and then, you know, bow out. But they, they really kept their nose to the grindstone and made it all the way to the end. Yeah. I mean, they had a little bit of that fairy dust in their quarter. Yeah, I was honestly, I was like, once the Preds were out, I was really hoping for the Canes to make it. Yeah, I don't, but and it, sadly, I don't think the Canes would have been able to stand up to the Bruins. Uh, no, I, I don't think so at all. Uh, um, the Canes are going to be dangerous, though, man. They just won the Calder Cup last night, and like, they they I mean, got the Canes, so many young. Canes are starting a their their rebuild is in its final legs, and they are starting to become a team that is going to be looked at as a good team for the next probably five to six years. Yeah. Well, they're with us. So it's, you know, like they're, they're us in a, in a red and black Jersey. So it's, <laughs> I love those Canes alternates, man. I kind of want one. Uh, those are nice. The Oh, the wait, which one's the, with the flag, like the, the hurricane flag. Okay. Yeah. What On do you think uh, the whalers decision? Oh, I mean, I think it's cool. I always like, you know, respecting the history. Yeah, I think people, you. I mean, that's a logo that just needs to exist. Yeah, for sure. It, yeah, yeah. It just it's not maybe a viable place for for professional sports, but that logo needs to be out there because it's just so fucking clean and beautiful, and the colors are so like indicative of the area. I just thought it's it's such, but in the same in the same respect, it's like dude, you're not like it's not even, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is a. <laughs> It's a bit of a money grab. Like I get it. But. It is. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely there so they can put it in the team shop. 
well, who else is going to wear that jersey? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they got to sell vintage shit. Like, no one else is going to – you have to – I mean, the entire city of Hartford, maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> That'd be the closest. To an NHL team? Like, I don't understand why that's not – you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I – um. Like I, I really like bringing even if it's even if it's the same team. Like I own a uh, a blank for the uh, the Coyotes of their their '90s jersey. Like the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like one of my favorite jerseys because it reminds me of like Tribe Called Quest like album covers. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, a buddy of mine, it was a birthday present for me. He bought me a blank uh, offline. Like that someone that he he like knew someone that had put it up on eBay, and he just like hit him up and they took it off eBay and he bought it for me and like mailed it to me. And it was like super cool to get that. And then I recently just acquired a uh, Johnny Bauer, number one jersey, Toronto Maple Leafs. Rest in peace. Uh, I mean... uh, that was, uh, I have a, a friend in, in Toronto. His name's Donnie. Uh, he's an older guy that loves to come to punk shows, man. And he just always hangs out with me, buys me a bunch of bourbon. We talk hockey and then talk music. And uh, last time we played in Toronto, he just like showed up and was like, hey, I got you something to wear on stage tonight. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, dude, that's a, that's a real fucking sweater. And I was like, word, man, do you sure you want me to wear this on stage? Like, it's going to get sweaty as fuck. You yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, it's yours to keep. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so, yeah, so I have, I've, I've started to accumulate a, a jersey collection. And uh, for my birthday, my girlfriend actually surprised me in Indianapolis. Didn't tell me she was coming. Told me she had to work. Uh, and her and my mom drove up to Indianapolis, and she surprised me with the this year's All Star Preds jersey, the black and gray and white one. Oh, that's awesome! So, uh, and I I usually wear like all black. That's kind of like my thing. I just I like black. And uh, so now I can uh, root for the Preds and not have to absolutely like you know fuck up my uh, color palette. <laughs> what does that jersey feel like? I actually haven't felt one of those because it's made with all that upcycled stuff, right? Yeah, it actually is very comfortable. And, like, because, you know, like, the, well, the Reebok jerseys, they were kind of always, like, really heavy. Uh, I mean, they're, they, you sweat when you wear those things. Uh, this one, like, it honestly, it has a nice fit to it. And it feels like I can, it, my, like, my body can breathe a little bit more. <laughs> um, but I enjoy it. It actually, and it, like, it, it fits well, looks good. I'm, I'm happy with it. I wasn't too happy that she spent like, you know, two hundred and fifty dollars on me. But I don't. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm. I'm calling it. I'm saying because you were like, oh yeah, I have a a, a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, and instantly I'm like, fuck the Maple Leafs in my head. Yeah, I'm not. Dude, I mean, honestly, like, I have. I, I'm really neutral towards the Maple Leafs. <laughs> uh, I really have no reason to hate them, but I also like. I mean, if I'm, I'm a Preds fan through and through, like you're not gonna catch me. Like, I, I'll wear my Toronto Maple Leafs jersey in Toronto, but other than that, it's something that I, like, kind of, like, have as a memorabilia type thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got to get the cheap heat, you know? Get up on stage in Toronto wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. Yeah, I'm going to make the crowd happy. No, I was just about to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've worn, I've worn my Coyotes jersey in uh, in Arizona before. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, those things are more of like things that people have given me just because they know that I truly, truly enjoy the sport of hockey. Uh, so they're nice to have, but uh, you know, usually they stay in the closet or uh, like, I think with the, with the Bauer Jersey, just with him being such a legend all to, to the game, I'll, I'm thinking about framing it. Just like having it as like, you know, sports memorabilia. Cause I mean, honestly, I have 
I'm not really like, I don't really keep up with the Maple Leafs too much. I mean, obviously I keep up with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner a bit just because they're, you know, becoming bigger names in the NHL. Right. But uh, yeah, well, in the Seaway guys, you know, during the Bruins Maple Leafs series, I really wanted the Maple Leafs to win. So I was trying to help them out a bit. I honestly just really don't want Kevin to be able to be impressed. Right. (laughs) You know what? It's like one of those things where it's like it, it, you, it's not that you have a problem with the team; it's that you just don't want to have to hear it from yeah. like from somebody that's close to you. Like living in New York, and this is something that Mikey has um, escaped a little bit. With um, when there's there's two teams for every sport. Oh yes, yeah. I've I've definitely noticed. Yeah, and I've tried to like explain this. Like we went to Carolina when the Islanders played in Carolina, and I'm trying to explain to these people who like. Don't understand. I got care. I care that I got swept at all because it's the fucking Ranger fans that that are. You know. Oh what I mean? yeah. Dude, that's a bitter rivalry there, buddy. Like it. The the insults that you get from any like average North Carolina Hurricane fan that like just found out that they like Carolina has a hockey team is nothing compared to like the fucking Joey Botafuco and the boys with the blue jerseys like fucking you know laughing at you and they 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 can't even they're in the middle of a rebuild still like everybody's like jerking them off and if you ask oh, shit, i mean i think the rangers have sold away basically everything that they have at this point besides yeah. hank that's a really odd situation and it, it's so annoying because now you, you they, they for so long it was like oh all islander fans care about is the um is the draft the draft and the lottery spot and stuff like that and like we we care about who who our next opponent is in the playoffs and all this shit and now they're like oh look at us wheeling and dealing in free agency and everybody <laughs> wants to be a ranger and you're like oh, oh you're yeah t- dude i know exactly what you're talking about i mean my best friend she's a rangers fan yeah through through. uh she hates when i when i like i i I like the islanders because of Barry Trotz like i mean he was the preds coach for 14 years and he was very, very loved in our town. And, like, so everywhere, like, when, when the Capitals won, you know, I was happy for my guy. You know what I mean? Like, that's – I honestly, I didn't want Vegas to win because I, I just – oh, man, that would have, like, made me so upset being the Preds that were an expansion team at one point and they had to eat shit for so long <laughs> for a team to come in as an expansion team, especially with uh, a GM that I hate, like McPhee. It's right. a bit of rivalry there on the GM front, yeah. uh, stemming from the ERAT for Forsberg stuff. And like he is not happy with the Preds at all after that trade, um, and I, uh, I just really didn't want Vegas to like go in and win it on their first year because uh, <laughs> it would have made me feel like my team was inferior, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and also with with. Barry Trotz being the coach of the Capitals, I was rooting for the Capitals, and my best friend was just, like, so pissed at me because, obviously, Rangers fans, I assume, hate the Capitals. Yeah. Um, but, like, this year, I was like, you know, like, I, like I'm really enjoying, like, watching the Islanders now that Barry Trotz, their coach, like, he, he's a good coach. He comes in, he turns around teams. It's just, like, there's always, like, small things that need to be done. Uh, he's a very defensive coach, you know. Uh, but... She was so pissed at me for so long. <laughs> it's bad, dude. You don't want to get crossed in between that, but it's like you just can't wait. Especially like I said, free agency. I mean, they 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 they'll they'll have Pekka as you know pendant as their backup because supposedly everybody wants to play on Broadway. 
So whoever your favorite player is, they'll always be like, oh, he's going to look good in, in red, white, and blue. Like, get the fuck out of here. It's so, <laughs> so annoying. Uh, we'll see. I, and, uh, I, have, I have quite a few Rangers fans friends. And if they hear this, I know they don't want to hear it, but I think the Rangers, it, it's going to be a, a, a long winter, like the long night for them for a bit. Oh, yeah. They're going to find out. Don't worry. <laughs> Let's remind them because what, that's what we do best. <laughs> I mean, it's, hey, welcome to Rebuild. We've all been through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so it's a Sunday night. and uh, What time does the game start today? Is it already on? It's on, man. Bruins are winning one nothing. I didn't want to tell you that. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I didn't even realize I got so carried away talking to you guys. Yeah, we had a we had a good old time. We're best best buds now. <laughs> yeah, man, I, and I would love to do it again. I, you're gonna have to do it again. That's like <laughs> I don't know how we keep we keep saying it, so I'll make sure we get it on this interview. But I don't know where we're getting these interviews from. But you people are awesome. And I, <laughs> it's, it's not, I, I mean, like I, one thing I like to tell people all the time is like. I don't know, like for us, we're we're a little bit older than a lot of the other bands, like age wise. Like, because I just turned thirty one, and the rest of the band they're in their like mid to late twenties. I think Jake's the youngest. I think he's twenty five, and uh, like a lot of the bands, we tend to tour with bands, and they like you know they're in their like early twenties, mid twenties, and uh, especially like you know touring with bands like Young Culture and stuff. They're like, oh dude, like we're like it's so cool to be on tour. You guys are like a fan. I'm like, dude, I am literally just your average fucking like <laughs> like dude that plays his PlayStation drinks beer and watches hockey. <laughs> like, it's not like a like this, you know, huge guy to put on a pedestal. I just enjoy my time and being able to talk to people and have a good time. Watch hockey, play PlayStation, have some drinks. Yeah, man. Well, let's continue to do it together. Make yeah, sure for sure. And then I'm, I'll make sure when uh, we hit up Nashville again, we'll uh, treat you out to some biscuit love or oh, biscuit yeah, loving. What is it? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, dude, it's in the Gulch want, or whatever. If you want some good biscuits, I know the place. All right. Yeah. You can show us all the local spots. Yeah, Get us away I from all those. T- a lot of them. <laughs> that, that was my one downfall with Nashville was actually like the like I knew it was known for country music. But I did not know that it was literally in every single bar. Oh, yeah, dude, especially on Broadway. Yeah, like, we, we so we found, like, kind of, like, a chill, low-key place. And, like, on Broadway, they don't have, like, signage on the front of their, on, mm-hmm. on the front of the bars. They're all just, like, holes in the wall, kind of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, we just, like, were, like, hopping from bar to bar. And, you know, like, the country music was a little bit lower in one of these bars. So we're like, all right, let's hang out here. And we were there for, like, two hours. And then, like, we were like, all right, let's look at the menu and see, like, what kind of food they have. And no fucking joke, we were in a mellow mushroom, like a corporate <laughs> chain. I'm like, what? Are you fucking – this is a mellow mushroom? What, 21st, I think? What was mellow that? mushroom. I think it's off of 21st Avenue. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Like, we were just hopping around, and we were there, no joke, for two hours. Like, that was Dude, our favorite plot. If place. I'm home, next time you come to Nashville, let me know. If you're ever on Broadway and I'm not there, just go all the way down, take a left on second. There are bars on Second. That's where, like, with people from that live here go downtown. They're going to Second Avenue. They're not going to Broadway. Broadway's like tourist town. So if you go to the end of Second Avenue, and then where the Hooters is, underneath that Hooters, if you take turn around, like take a right at that corner where the Hooters is, there is a place called the Beer Cellar that is underneath the Hooters. They got a lot of good draft beer. They got foosball. They got darts, pool tables, and that's like one of my favorite spots in downtown. 
All right. Dude, I, I, I have nothing bad to say about Nashville. Like, it was just so much fun. And I ate fucking great food, and I definitely plan on going back there. Oh, it's a good time, especially if there's a hockey game. Yeah, it, it definitely. And, like, it was cool because the Islanders were there kind of two days early. And, like, all the players were just, like, you know, popping around and whatnot. And, like, we were walking around the streets just running into all the Islander players. Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll see that a lot, especially because Nashville has become such, like, this kind of, like, known, like, kind of just, like, cool place to go out and have drinks and, like, have a good time. Like, I've noticed I've, you know, seen, like, players from other teams, like, walking around downtown quite a bit. Yeah, it's a good place. uh, Especially, like, Larry being, like I said, he's a waiter at, like, a pretty – he waits at a place called Bar Taco on uh, 12 South in Nashville. It's, like, a a nice, like, margarita bar and, like, you know, kind of, like, weird off-the-wall – you know, pricey tacos. And, uh, like he says that he sees players from other teams coming in all the time. So, I mean, it's like, it's cool, man. Nashville's one of those like places, like it's not quite like LA, where you're going to see like a movie star, like walking down the street or anything like that. But like, you'll definitely see some people that, you know, of, like just kind of like hanging out, being normal people. for once. You know, when you're talking to your, your, like your friends and they're like, we're not club people. We don't like to be, we're bar people. Like we yeah. like to have fun, whatever. I feel like that's Nashville. It is 100%. There's not many like clubs per se. Like the bar, they're like the bar people of the party. Like if you're going out in Nashville, you're not going to the club, you're going to the bar. And so we're going to hold it up here and yeah. uh, we're going to get you back on when the season starts again. Yeah, that sounds good. I'll have a lot more to say about it I think around that time especially after you know we go into free agency and stuff. Oh, hell yeah. And cool. And, and maybe we just hang out over the summer. Maybe we just talk about you going to all these cool places on all these awesome. Yes. Big- I, dude, I'll gladly jump on. Yeah. All right. Man. Good. For you. So uh, you have yourself a good night. And you as well. I'm going to get into this game. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Mikey, Devin, it was great talking to you guys. Yeah. Thanks, Corey. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. Do the same drugs no more. We don't do the we don't do the same drugs. Do the same drugs no more. She don't do the same drugs no more. We don't do the we don't do the same drugs. Do the same drugs no more. When did you change? When do you age? I thought you never grow up. I thought you. Michael. Devon, good stuff, right?
Our man Good Corey stuff. killing it. Corey's killing it. Free throw was, like I said, one of those bands that uh, I kind of caught on to through you. You know, I know it's getting redundant about me talking about liking what, you know, all the new stuff that we listen to, but definitely this one hit a little different than ever, than, than anyone else is what the kids would say. Hit, hit, this one hits a little different. Absolutely ecstatic that I was able to express that to Corey. He's a great dude. And yeah, man. I'm just so excited that I figured out that that song, Same Drugs, is a cover song. And uh, I, when I did like a little digging into the Chance the Rapper version, I realized that it was indeed a song written about the movie Hook. And all Not those me. references I just picked up on, like to to find out that like I actually interpreted the song correctly, just like made me feel like the smartest man in the world. And now uh, I think that free throw cover of that song might be my favorite song of all time. Okay, I see where you're going with it. Although the hate to break it to you, but the the Peter Pan angle is kind of one that most people use consistently. So I don't think it was that difficult when he started singing about Wendy. Yeah, but I, you know, like in the free throw version, because I've never looked up the the lyrics to the song. I I always thought it said when did we? Like, Good point. The way Good he kind of sings Good it, point. it kind of sounds like when did we? But yeah. then once I figured out, I was like, oh, he's actually saying Wendy. Yeah, I tweeted from the the Twitter account last week about like misheard lyrics or whatever, and I was that oh, I'm that the king one, of that dude. That one song by uh, Real Friends, uh, <laughs> where I keep thinking he's saying. I've been lying in lying in gum so I don't lose myself. <laughs> but uh, those are not the lyrics. But I think, honestly, my version is better because that's kind of poetically funny, if you ask me. Oh, dude, I can't even imagine how many songs I think that those are the lyrics. Because I don't really look up lyrics anymore. I guess, like, when I used to uh, create, like, away messages in high school, that's when I was, like, really digging into lyrics. But Right, 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 right. Yeah, I um but you know, back to Corey, uh just in general, the whole uh predator angle. It's funny cuz I was so excited to talk to somebody that was a predator fan to have our first predator guest. And then you kind of get there and then in my head I'm like, I mean, how many more times are we going to shove this narrative down people's throats that I can't believe that Tennessee has become a big time hockey state? And so when we got there, I'm like, oh, all right, another hockey team. <laughs> like, I, I just kind of avoided it all together, which I feel bad because uh, it is different. He did talk about the history of hockey in, in, in his life goes before the NHL. So that was cool. Yeah, it's safe to say it's definitely a hockey town. It's just a lot of fun to go to a game there. And uh, it was kind of cool also to see that he was kind of predicting that pk suban would be uh eventually moved i, I know that there was some rumblings oh, of it happen. still you're right but he was kind of feeling that that was gonna happen and you know duchene did land in nashville we kind of talked about that quickly yeah. so kind of like what we predicted was gonna happen with nashville did happen which was kind of cool i mean <laughs> i don't want to call us insiders or anything but you know check the reader seats there pal <laughs> we had it. You heard it here first. Yeah, like I said, it's. I don't think it's so. It's really surprising to anybody anymore that Nashville isn't one of the coolest, newest, hippest places to be at this current venture of life. I don't know if I even use that term correctly. It's 
It's late on a Sunday, but uh, yeah, it's just cool that they have a hockey team to go along with it, and they got bands like Free Throw coming out of it. Um, <clears throat> so, super proud of Free Throw. Um, super, super excited to keep in contact with Corey. Um, they have so many huge things coming up for them. It, it's so again, it's another band that we're. I feel like we're getting right at the, right at the tipping point of the the roller coaster where the, the ride's about to begin. You know what I mean? And uh, it's cool to talk to guys like that. Yeah. And I, I checked out some of the bands that um, they're going out on tour with soon. Uh, really digging that band youth fountain, a, a Canadian band from uh, like the Vancouver area. So got to reach out to them, see if they're Canucks fans. And Ooh, we got to yeah. add them to the Western swing playlist. Yeah. Youth fountain kind of cool. Kind of, kind of has like a trash boat kind of vibe Ooh. or, or even a little, uh, do you remember the band Just Surrender? Yes. Yeah, it kind of has like a, a little Just Surrender vibe too. So if you're a fan of uh, Just Surrender, definitely check out Youth, Youth Fountain. Okay, so we spoke about some of the moves that we kind of maybe possibly predicted. From a free agency standpoint, I kind of thought the whole free agency period fell flat. It's not the NBA, and so you're really not going to get you're not going to get those big names going, you know, every which way. Um, teams basically stay the same, more or less. Um, Panarin leaving, kind of everyone knew that was, I mean, that was that was going to happen. I don't think Columbus really had a, a shot in hell of bringing him back. And once Bobrovsky, and the other thing too is, somebody's point about it, everybody knows where these guys are going like the day before, the night before. So it kind of, it kind of kills the, kills the surprise a little bit. I guess, but the night before, Bob McKenzie was kind of tweeting and hinting that the Islanders were, were front runners. And yeah, that was just Bob really, McKenzie doesn't usually put stuff out unless it's like gonna happen. Yeah, from who I talked to, I think it was at one point I was getting it was a ninety percent chance Panarin to the Islanders. I am a hundred percent convinced that. Uh, the Islanders were used as legitimate bait for the Rangers to get a little closer to the number that he wanted. He was going to the Rangers the entire time. I think he's just trying to get as much out of them as he could, and he used us because we are a legitimate threat. And the more I think about it, the more it's you know kind of showing like, hey, you know, there is a chance that somebody will go to the Islanders, they're good enough to want to play with. So I, I don't I don't exactly know what I'm saying. I'm trying to spin this big time here, but, but I didn't love that we got used. But let's say we didn't get used, you know, because the, the narrative right now is that Anders Lee was going to be coming back no matter what. But there's if we got Panarin, how are we going to bring Lee back? Like, we should have been making it was a hundred percent. It was, it was a hundred percent going to happen. We would, we, we should have made moves before we took on, you know, going after Panarin. Well, that's the at, reason at, why they waited to sign because Panarin was they were They were going to see if they could get Panarin and then they were going to work on Lee's contract accordingly. So well, at the end of the day, I'm just happy that Lou, you know, kept his composure. He didn't do something stupid after not landing Panarin. And, at the end of the day, I I feel pretty good right now. It's not enough for sure. I I think they still need to to add some you know third line depth and also a top six center. 
Yeah, I mean, there are teams out there that are making some major moves. You don't like seeing the Rangers um, bat out of hell through this rebuild process that they're in. And within two years, um, they had the youngest team in the NHL last year. Suddenly, they add, they add Truba. Um, they sign him. They're, they they add Panarin. You know, that's the, the biggest free agency name um, in free agency. He goes there for less money than he was offered by the Islanders. Um, I still think that Henrik Lundqvist is an anchor contract that they're going to need to, at some point, try and get rid of respectfully to really complete this thing. I'm not sure if he can fully um, accept that right now, um, but it's true. Uh, he, you know, it's not he's not a bad player. He's just not going to be um, great for them. And then what um, Jersey is doing right now is just unprecedented it's really fucking annoying they're picking up players that i think that that are going to really annoy the shit out of us um philly's having to come up right now i mean you want that name you need that name uh i i think that the eberly and brock nelson signing is so important but got very very lost um on everyone being that he resigned before going to free agency um hopefully we get the eberly that would have got paid huge Huge. I don't understand why everybody didn't go to free agency. I love his response, but at this point in my life, I don't believe a word that any professional athlete says in into a microphone or through through a tweet. I just don't. I don't. I I can't. It's they're all media trained, so they're gonna tell you what they want to hear. Anders Lee is gonna sit here, and I love the guy, and I, you know I I I believe you know I believe that he likes it here, but. I'm sorry if he was offered more money to go somewhere else. I I, I kind of have an inkling of a thought that he would consider it. So I can't um, believe Everly sitting here saying that it's because he wants to win a championship on Long Island. I'm sorry. I can't. He really didn't have a great regular season at all numbers wise uh, compared to his past seasons. He had a stellar postseason, which is, you know, I mean, recency bias, but you're happy with it. And hopefully you get postseason Eberly more often than the regular season yeah and, and then you know Brock too Brock is you know a, at least a, a 20 plus goal scorer and those guys are getting paid these you know these days so yeah I'm exactly <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the the fact that you know we're we're sitting here on July 7th and we still have some money in the bank to play around with there's still you know, the, the possibility of offer sheets and whatnot that are still floating around. And, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be cool to see some of these guys that have been brought up in the Islander system basically play their whole career as Islanders. You know, you got Bailey, Sezikis, uh, Nelson, Lee. All those guys are going to be lifelong Islanders, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm not going to mentally allow myself to um, believe that uh, an offer sheet's going to gonna go to Marner. Um, if it does, I am not going to allow myself to believe that it's going to work out. Uh, but there is a small, small, small puff of smoke about them not re-signing him if he does get offer sheeted. Yeah. I, I and, just can't see how the Maple Leafs would be able to pull that off. Dude, if you look at the and I'm not again, put the Islander buys to the side right now. If you look at their contracts as currently constructed, they're in a world of hurt next year. 
Um, just about their entire blue line is RFA, D, uh, RFA or UFA. They're gonna have some trouble. I mean, it's it was a it was a big it was a big time big gun move by Dubis to get Tavares in there. They need to win. They need to win now. They need to make it past the second round now. No one's gonna wait around to see if Babcock can finally do it or if they're gonna fire him. I truly believe this is his last year. If he can't get past the first round. He's out the door, and uh, there's going to be a lot of turnover on that team. But we'll see. We'll definitely see. I don't. I don't know. There's been some weird shit put out by by Dubis about weighing the options of keeping Mitch Marner on the team. So uh, that was kind of weird to read. And it was kind of weird to see like the Toronto media just turning on Mitch Marner too. And you know, at at the end of the day, he's not really done anything wrong. <laughs> It's not well, like well, I mean, some he's of not that coming out is, and saying, saying like, "Hey, offer sheet me. I want to get out of here." Yeah, some of that stuff is. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's not like I think they're mad that he hasn't re-signed with them yet. I think that's what. But how many RFAs are re-signing a year early? He's an RFA. It's getting more and more common in most in most sports for some of these guys to start complaining about their contract a year before their contract year to try and pressure them into more money like Jacob DeGrom and stuff like that for the Mets. But, I mean, there's no, there's nothing anybody can do. And, I mean, talk about not being numbers, guys. The Toronto media seems to suddenly become a group of people that are just not numbers, guys. Uh, I mean, I was looking at one guy that was trying to say that uh, Mitch Marner was, is, I'm sorry, like 15 points in 21 21- 21 I'm sorry 16 points in 20 20 playoff games um tends to go silent for the big one pay him accordingly and somebody from Miles Islanders Twitter was like okay well you just paid Austin Matthews a boat ton of money and he actually has one less point than Mitch Marner in the playoffs and then the person just completely ignored that person and goes oh I'm sorry I messed up he has 15 points in 20 playoff games they're like austin matthews has 13 in the same amount of games what are we doing here it was just like a really sad display of somebody with a blue check mark just doing the new toronto thing which is like acting like they've deserved so much when they've done so little so it's it's really starting to become a, a pretty funny thing to watch and uh other than the mitch marner situation being handled um what's your outlook on uh the unfortunate departure of our of our big guy lenny you know you you hate to see someone go like that but you know everyone's gonna say it's a business the islanders came and gave him an offer for two years at 10 million leonard thought that he could get more and kind of took a little time thinking about it and then the islanders went another direction and you know Varlamov you know played for a a Colorado team that was struggling in the years past I know they're recently turning things around but you know they're not a defensive sound team like the Islanders so you know Varlamov Varlamov playing in our system having a solid backup in Thomas Grice kind of you know a 1A 1B situation you know I, I think that Grice and Varlamov can repeat what Grice and Leonard uh, did last year. Yeah, I think everybody, um, 
from our fan base is kind of expecting that, um, considering our first uh, notion of what Leonard was going to be when we first signed him. Um, yeah, no one was no one was doing backflips when we signed Leonard. No, I think the I just the only highlight reels you saw of Robin Leonard were him getting into fights with people and how oh, we yeah. got. We were like, oh, at least we're gonna be fighting our way. I remember te- you texting me that, like, yo, we got Billy Smith. Yeah. the re- Billy Smith reincarnate and sending me that video. Yeah, and then finding out that he was struggling with major anxiety issues, uh, you know, major mental health issues was kind of sobering. Um, I think that Robin Lehner handled free agency super duper poorly. Uh, I think the Islanders are going to come off for the first time in the history of the New York Islanders as cold and calculated um, and kind of machine-like there where they were just able to separate the off-ice emotion with the on-ice demand. Yeah, I just think that <laughs> Laner kind of lost a hand at poker and the Islanders moved on uh i it's it sucks but i mean it was a one-year deal for a reason you know yeah and and that that was like the most he was getting you know it's no scary other, it's very... no other team was going after him for two plus years yeah from our side of the aisle <laughs> uh pun intended like it's very very scary to have had a proven commodity in net for you in your jersey on your team and to kind of moved on so quickly for what it seems like looking towards the uh, prospect, the white whale, as uh, Mike Carver likes to call him on ILC pod, uh, Sorokin. It's, it's, it's scary <laughs> to me, just from all my teams dropping the ball so many times on, on prospects, but from all... From everything that everyone said, this kid's the the real deal, Holyfield. Um, so if this means a bridge to sound, steady, consistent goaltending play, I'll take it. And and we can't really overlook uh, Soderstrom, who's going to be playing in Bridgeport this year. You know, he he's kind of in the background right now because of Sor- Sorokin, but I I think that he can turn out to be a, a Robin Leonard kind of kind of caliber goalie he's a big boy i don't think he ever touches the the ice for the in an islanders jersey i think that he is gonna get traded that that's that's cool too but you know to to have options at the end of the day because unfortunately i don't think chris gibson is an option so to have a little bit of an option he is he's the he's the i mean he's the call-up goalie when they call him up yeah they they do but um I think that was more of just he was like the longest tenured goalie with the Sound Tigers last year. I mean, I guess we'll see. I could be wrong, but I just don't see Soderstrom really making the strides at the pace that they need to be made to be moved up there. The the the, the target is for sure on Sorokin, and um, Thomas Grice is can hold his own for forty games. So if uh, Varlamov can nail down the other 40. I think we'll be in good spirits. I think, you know, our I'm not worried too much right now. I would love for somebody 
to be acquired where we can score a couple more goals. Uh, but other than that, roller coaster of 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 of, <laughs> of emotions uh, for Islanders free agency. And then we got Franz and Weird Franz reunited and and gonna be uh, suiting up for Detroit. I thought that was pretty funny. Also furthering my point that it's the land of silly names. Uh, sure is. Silly names only. Uh, I just want to point out that Yeiserman is is just the silliest of names. There's, in fact, a Y and a Z right next to each other in the name. I don't think anybody would think to themselves that's something that could happen, but it is. And it happened. And he is the GM. So, Silly name. I guess Silly we'll, name we'll see how the, the rest of you know this offseason plays out. Um, but we, we now have the, the schedule out. And uh, I'm sure rookie camps are going to be opening soon. And, you know, before you know it, we're going to have hockey again in our lives. So, you know, thanks to all of our fans who kind of let us have a little bit of a break. Uh, but now we're we're moving on. We got some cool stuff lined up and I'm excited. Here we are moving on. Uh, hockey wise, we got a lot coming up. I'm have already dug myself into a hole of work because everybody is out of their minds and can't stop buying Yes Men Outfitter merchandise, which is insane. Um, I've entered myself into what will certainly be my last day on this earth uh, as I run the Tough Mudder for the Matt Martin Foundation. It was this or wrestle a bear, and they didn't have... um, Kodiaks. They only had black bears, and black bears far too dangerous a situation. So I said, I'll do the Tough Mudder for now, and then we'll circle back to the bear wrestling uh, for charity later on. So here I was we trying are. to find the gif from from Hook, you know, when Peter Pan's like trying to train, and they're yeah. singing the song, Got to Lose a Million Pounds. <laughs> and yes. they don't have a gif yet. So can you make me one? Yeah, well, yeah, I can learn how to gif things. Yeah, gif, gif me. I'm going to gift you. You got to make 1,087 loyalty t-shirts, 43 million pairs of shorts, 27 billion pairs of tank tops, uh, all that. And also stay tuned to the ever-expanding universe of music that we listen to. We can't all have time to go to concerts like our boy Michael, who just got back from the Amorosa concert. Michael, how was that for the people? Dude, holy shit. Like, this is the first time I've seen Amorosa with Bradley as the, the front man. And from from the second they stepped onto the stage to the second they got off, I was just, like, smiling ear to ear. They were just so entertaining, so positive, just killer. It was so good. And uh, it's cool to see that my buddy Brett's friend, who's in, in Amorosa has become like a huge component of the band. Like it, it seemed like it was like Bradley and his band. They were just killing it really just a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, the whole show actually, you know, broadside was really good. And then, uh, set it off, man, different world. I wasn't really, uh, sure what I was getting into. Their fans are, uh, a little on the younger side. It, it kind of <laughs> seemed like more of, <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of felt out of place being there like for, <sighs> For them but it was uh still just a really well put together show and my highlight had to be amorosa i went to an all-time low show when i was 
a freshman, sophomore. When I was a sophomore in college, I went to an all-time low show in the city. And it, that was a band that I had grown up with, like, all, you know, from, you know, the, you know, the, the minute that they were, like, the hottest thing at Bamboozle when they really broke out with the song Breakout till that point. So I had never really thought to myself, like, wow, maybe this music will outgrow me and at some point between the one show i went to and this show i went to everyone just decided nah fuck that uh i'm over the age of 20 and i'm not gonna go watch this band anymore and so i showed up to what seemed like a fucking romper room and realized very quickly that i was very out of place oh it's funny because <laughs> dude no joke we were at the back of the line because like, uh, you know, I went with a few friends and we went out to dinner first and we were at the back of the line. And by the time security got to us and he was checking IDs, he's like, oh, so this is where all the old people are at the back of the line because <laughs> everyone else was under 21. Yeah, I, I remember specifically standing there and somebody walking up to me and saying, hey, you look like you know what you're doing. Can you start one of those mosh pits? <laughs> And I just looked at my friends. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here, man? Like, oh, my God. It sucked because you like the music, but you just uh, you got to keep it keep it to the headphones at that point. Um, but you, you could tell that it was a younger crowd because every time the bands asked them like for like crowd participation, every single kid was doing exactly what they asked where, you know, <laughs> If you go to a, a show for like a band that has an older audience and they're just like, all right, clap your hands. Like only like a few people are doing it. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, eh, yeah, yeah, I eh, just play the song. I paid yeah. the money. Just yeah. Like fuck. at one point set it off was like, all right, everyone get low to the floor. And like every single person got low to the floor except like me and my group of friends. And it just was like, crap, they could see us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've I've fucked the man this far. I won't. I refuse to sit now. Yeah, there was one time. There was one time where when we were really young, we got everybody to to sit down during an acoustic set of an all time low show, and he like stopped. He's like, "This is amazing." And at that point, I felt so like important. I'm like, I got these people to sit down on their butts. It was me, and like they really appreciated that. And then really now, I just I hate everything that I ever attempted to do at these shows but nonetheless i haven't gotten time to go to shows that's been my mo lately uh all um reports speaking of shows i haven't been to all reports out of warp tour was that it was uh great um uh, uh, probably dude, not the video, last one that video of the starting line singing best oh, of me oh my god that gave me chills man uh, that was like forty thousand people singing that song yeah, I mean the this the the complete setup, like the fact that it was just in Atlantic City on a two day type of swing, like you're not really getting the younger kids to go there anyway. So that lineup was just, I mean, we we've spoken about it forty million times. I'm sure someone's rolling their eyes right now, like really move on. But uh, that lineup was just so geared toward the situation that um, really only allowed kids are like in our age bracket to to be a part of you know you weren't you're not getting anybody that's 19 or 20 years old right now to so that wouldn't appreciate hearing the starting line play the best of me 
you know what I mean? Like you're just not getting people that aren't going to understand that. So seeing those videos are so fucking cool. They kind of got plagued with a little bit of rain. They were shut down for like about an hour or two. They cut a couple, couple sets short. Um, there were some parties going on. There were emo nights being played in a couple of the surrounding clubs and stuff, which was really cool to hear. But all signs apparently are pointing to uh, Warp Tour probably not over, but it's definitely uh, Kevin's last year of running the whole show. So I want them to do a Warp Tour cruise again. I'm, I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. You're the guy that says, like, I really wish they could bring back Pepsi Crystal. You know what I mean? Like, you just why? Well, I, I just love cruises to begin with. And then to just be a cruise that had fantastic music the whole time. Huge cruise guy. Dude, I, I was watching YouTube videos of people going on cruises the other day, and that's when I realized I had a problem. Really? Yep. Can I tell you something? Just between you, you and I, and don't tell anybody this at all. But sometimes when my back hurts, I watch videos of people getting chiropractic adjustments. <laughs> Make my back feel better. I, I, I did feel, like, really relaxed watching it. I'm not going to lie. It did feel... So I, I guess like the second, similar situation. second best uh, scenario other than being on the ship yourself. I would prefer that you don't tell anybody that I do that. So if you could just keep that between you and I, that would be great. I got you. Okay. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah, I missed that newfound glory show that I didn't want to miss because uh, adulting. Uh, but I did, however, and we'll end on this. Our boys Motion City soundtrack making the comeback. Don't call it a comeback. That was cool that that's the song they used. I don't know how I feel about it. I I, Why? I, know. it, I guess the world with Motion City Soundtrack is better than the world without Motion City Soundtrack, but it seems like they had a plan to kind of just like, because like Justin did like his solo stuff, and I, I think he was hoping that he could ride that, but it feels like that stuff wasn't cutting it. So this was like, all right, that didn't work. Back to Motion City. Yeah, I mean, I, you kind of have that full back, but I just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how I feel when bands kind of do this. Um, it's inevitable. You know, Blink-182 kind of took a rest for a, a really long time, and and then they come back, and I don't, I think Blink has kind of reinvented themselves with the addition of, uh, well, the the loss, and, and then the addition of uh, Skiba, you know, so... When motion kind of left, and now they're coming back, it's just weird. I, I don't know. It, it It's like, okay, well, you kind of left because you are creatively juiced out. Now you're back. I don't really need to hear anything new from you. So maybe every four years you just kind of come around, do a couple shows, and then go back into hiding for a little while. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel weird. Like when it's oversaturated, you don't want them to do something stupid and ruin their legacy kind of, you know? Honestly, after – dinosaur life who who even knows what they put out really man i thought they were kind of i was talking about something i, I thought they were kind of heavy they had enough all the way through they're sort of like the introduction to the warp tour scene for so many people they're just super easy to fall in love with panic stations had a couple of hits on there i got into them yeah, with i am the movie and then like commit this commit to memory this me yeah, and then yeah. after that, it kind of died off for me, to be honest. 
Isn't this this is for real? You know what? He battled some alcohol issues too. I think like later on, one of these albums is uh, he did the com- the complete album sober, and that was a big deal. Dude, okay. wait, when you take a second, just like listen to some of uh, listen to some of Panic Stations. It's not terrible. Disappear, Weekends, A Life Less Ordinary, which is pretty good. Her words destroy my planet. Actually, that was on what you call it. I remember that being on uh, radio. That got some play. So yeah. Um, anyways, bought four tickets to Most City Soundtrack. They're playing at the Paramount. Our boy Brian. Can't wait to j- rock out with my cock out with Brian Byrne. He can jam out with his clam out. And <laughs> did it say who uh, who else is on that tour? Uh, no, I don't, I don't. It may have. I just bought the ticket so quickly because I could not believe that it wasn't sold out yet. Because the city was sold out. Long Island was not. I feel like I saw them end on such a high note because I went to the, their farewell tour. And it was such a good lineup that I just, I feel like that's how I want it to end in my book. I feel so, I I, I want to say I feel bad. I was just not, I'm one of those people, I cannot go to a tour, to a, to a show that I'm either not hearing a lot about from people or just can't get into. So I went to, I went to, um, I went to movements. Obviously, I, I fell in love with movements very recently, but I had listened to maybe one or two songs by movements um, before that. And I didn't go to that that winter because I just didn't know enough about I didn't know enough and I can't sit there and fake it. So I at the time was just not into what mostly soundtrack had put out recently. And I just didn't get a ticket to go. I was invited by somebody to go. and I'm like, I just don't feel like it. And so I did not go to that show. I'm trying to figure out who they're playing with. This is terrible radio. I'm sorry. It's been a while, folks. I think it's just them, SA. Yeah, I probably won't go to that then. Really? Yeah. You know, like I said, I, I, I saw them ended on a high note. I feel like I, I got a good closure, some good closure. And uh, you don't want to watch Roche Soundtrack play the fucking hits. That's kind of wild to me. They did play the hits when I saw them. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. We're only this young f- till now. <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that time that time period in my life is kind of coming gone. And you know, I, I I wouldn't sit here and say I was the biggest Motion City soundtrack fan ever. I I liked them. You know, I and the movie was definitely a huge part of my high school years, but it doesn't get me super excited. Like I, I can't even tell you the last time I had them play on my, uh, Spotify playlist or anything like that. Yeah. All these bands that people are like super nostalgic about, like, Oh my God, I remember them. Like I used to listen to them all the time. Like it makes me feel weird. Cause they're just have always been on my regular playlist from ipod times till now like i've just always listened to most of these soundtrack i've always listened to all time low i always listen to a day to remember you know like we the kings like all those i just always never stop listening to any of these people so when they pop up and people are like oh it's super nostalgic i'm like it's part of my everyday life i don't understand <laughs> i don't know why it's different to you but whatever man not everyone can be cool emo kids like us so mm-hmm. on that note i got shirts to prints i got races to run i got obstacles to jump and you got ups to get ready to meet so and i got summer life man 
Fuck off. We're not going to talk about how you don't do anything all fucking three months, you piece of shit. We're just going to end the show. So, Michael, well, uh, we got some big names on the horizon, and we're going to get those out to the people. And uh, for now, all right. Peace be with you. And also with you.